Hello, and welcome to Small Business Happy Hour, a podcast where we interview a different entrepreneur or small business owner every week to hear their story. We chat about their business, passions, struggles, and all things small business. Oh, and we drink with our guests during the interview, hence the happy hour. I'm your host, Derek, founder of Yoga for All Humans, a fully online yoga studio. And I'm your host, Holly, creator of the blog, The Bitter Lemon, and author of many books. We are so happy you're here. Hi, Holly. What's up? What up, what up? Welcome to the book club, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Actually, you know, I think it was the last time we did an intro and we were talking about saying what's up. Uh-huh. Maybe it was two times ago, but it was so funny because we recorded that. And then I went to my writer's meeting and when everybody got on, someone said, what's up? And somebody else in the group was like, the sky. Oh "Oh my God. I have not heard that in, I I don't know if anyone's ever actually said that to me for real until you met like we talked about it and so I was like what it was within a 24-hour period like those two things happened and I'm like so we were talking about the Budweiser commercial and everything and someone else in the meeting said that they worked in an office with a woman who said that every day every morning when she came in and walked by everyone's cubicles she would say voila (laughs) And he was like, she then had to keep saying it because like once it's your thing, it's your thing. And I'm like, how funny that like, I don't know what year it was, but probably a decade later than that was actually popular. There was somebody in a corporate American office being like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy that that happened in your group. I know. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's wild. Well, how has your week been? My week was good. I know I talked about Twilight last time, but I had just kind of started it. Mm-hmm. And I finished it over the weekend and literally like closed the book and then watched the movie. Okay. Right after. Let me get my mind right here. So I will say... I thought there were parts of the book that kind of dragged on. Like it's, it's 500 pages. It's not a dense 500 pages. Like those are, it's probably more like 350 pages, like in an actual book. Like it's just weirdly uh, designed the pages, but sometimes there were just 20 pages of Edward going on and on about whatever. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is too much. Um, (laughs) So I was excited to watch the movie because you don't have time for that in a movie. Mm -hmm. Like I knew it was going to be better paced and it was. I gave the book three stars. I don't know if you're like a ratings person, but three out of five, which to me, like a four star book is one I'm not going to forget about. A five star book is life changing. So Mm -hmm. I try and be pretty serious with three stars is pretty good. Like I liked it. I'm going to read, I got all the other books, so I'm going to read the series. I don't think it's poorly written. I feel like a lot of people will say that. Like, they're like, oh, I don't know if the writing holds up. I don't think it's poorly written. 
it's it's like hard i think it's i mean this book was almost 20 years old probably when she wrote it was 20 years ago at least you know given when it came out it's hard for me to 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 understand now like where is the line between like this being a story about like forbidden love like romeo and juliet style slash teenage love where you're like dumb and you don't know anything versus like legitimately problematic and like because I'm not gonna lie when I was watching the movie and it really was clicking for me that Edward is 110 years old I'm like bro why are you out here like dicking down 17 year olds when you could be like using this you graduated uh, high school like so many times (laughs) 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 and I know you have to like suspend reality I know I know for what it is, it's like perfectly fine. You know, like I get it, but I do think it's like a little bit like wild west in terms of like, Oh, the vampires can go through walls and they can fly and they can do this. And then like when he was standing in the sun, I thought, I thought a vampire was supposed to like shrivel up and die in the sun. And he just sparkled sparkles but basically like it's barely there because the technology wasn't there so (laughs) (laughs) this is the the skin of a killer bella (laughs) right he's like you don't want to be a monster um (laughs) i did enjoy the movie more than than the book like i laughed so much watching the movie and i know it's not a comedy but i was like wow this is like a star-studded cast Mm -hmm. and I was telling, because uh, my mom read Twilight. She didn't read the other books, but she's read Twilight, but she's seen all the movies. So I was, we were talking about it, and I was saying, like, I know that that scene where he, Edward and the other Cullens are coming into the cafeteria, like, that opening night when that scene came on, I know everybody in the theater was like, because yeah. it's so, like, them walking in slow-mo and, like, as the movie goes on, Edward gets whiter and Bella gets like more bags under her eyes and like skin is gray. Like it's just so dramatic. But yeah, that's been my experience. It, the funny thing is I posted on Instagram that I read the book and so many, I got so many messages about it. Like I don't think I've ever posted something that has gotten that much attention. <laughs> so many people messaging me about it. So many people telling me they were twihards. Why hard? That's a new one for me. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I would admit that, but okay. Um, so many people not believing me when I said I never saw the movies. I'm like, yeah. okay. I didn't. I wouldn't lie about that. It's been an interesting um, time. I ha- I started a different book. I need a palate cleanser before I jump sure. into New Moon is the next one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I am committed so we'll continue on this wild west of vampire. I can't, there's, there's one part, obviously I'm not going to say what it is, but I can't wait to get your take on this really specific part. I think oh. it didn't happen until book three though. So we'll see. It's funny because my mom, who she's going to hear this and laugh, but like, I like to like debate with people. Not I'm not like debating pissed off. I like to have, you know, conversations with people about whatever. And I don't think my mom enjoys that. Like, I feel like she gets upset 
so when we were talking about Twilight and the whole, like, is it just a teenage love story or is it, like, legitimately problematic? I was kind of thinking out loud and I'm thinking, like, give me another teenage love story or movie that had a main character that was, like, manipulative to the woman. A main male character that was manipulative to the woman and it was, like, accepted. Like, it was, like, a cult classic popular movie. Like, you really just, I could not think of one. And she was saying, you know, 10 things I hate about you, like, but she listed the character that was not the main character. I'm like, no. And all those teen movies, like, She's All That, Drive Me Crazy, 10 Things, all those, if there is, like, a douchey guy, like, other characters pointed out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we're not going to put up with that. So that's why I find this a little bit, like... In the book, I felt like her dad and Edward were very unlikable. But in the movie, it's not so bad. Like, the dad is perfectly likable. And Edward, I feel, is... I wouldn't say likable, but I can see the charm of it. And I'm sorry, there's no one else that could play Edward but Robert Pattinson. (laughs) He was a good choice. Yeah, Like... I mean, during that time, it's hard to think back. Yeah. But like, what other actor could have played him? Yeah. No, he was a great choice. The book club podcast. Book club podcast. I've been reading, obviously. Um, Last week, I said I finished Crescent City 3 and then went back to Throne of Glass, which is Sarah J. Moss, all of her series. And yeah, basically, I've read a book and a half since we last talked. Um, Wow. Yeah. I've just been real busy reading. I'm just obsessed. That's good. <laughs> I know. I And I still, I really like, the only TV I've been watching is, um, I, I started re-watching Riverdale. I don't know if you ever watched Riverdale. Oh, no, but um, they talk about it all the time on a podcast I listen to. And every time they talk about it, I'm like, I need to watch that. It's good. It's very high school drama. Right. There's some seasons where things get really stupid, but it's it's very entertaining and all the people on the show are really pretty. So, yeah, I've been watching Riverdale a little bit here and there, but yeah, just been reading and just enjoying these books. I'm like, it's like, you know, whenever you get into like a rhythm with a certain author and like a certain series, like you are like chomping at the bits to finish it, you know, and like yeah. I'm gonna have the biggest hangover once I finish these these books, because I think I have like four left to go and then I'm going to have to be in waiting mode until she comes out with more books. I know you're going to have to pace yourself, but you know, I saw, I th- I know I saved one email that was like, cause I get all sorts of bookish emails and I know I saved one to, to send you, but okay. I see all these things that are like, if you like Sarah J Moss, look you know mm-hmm. so maybe you can use that time to like explore something like that yeah that's probably what i'll end up doing because you know i want to keep reading i love that i've been reading so much because that was actually one of my new year's resolutions last year you know when it mm-hmm. that on the podcast and i didn't do a good job of keeping up with that and my yeah. goal is only read one book a month and obviously i'm really <laughs> rocking it out this year yes. So. oh yes i forgot that you had that goal last year to yeah. read one book a month yeah. i have been trying to read every day like even if it's just two pages like read just to get into the habit of it 
and it's so nice. Like I try and do it like right when I wake up and have my coffee, just like 10 minutes of reading. Mm -hmm. And it's a good way to like start the day quiet, no phone. Yeah. I usually don't have time to read in the morning because I I'm a late sleeper, but I'm really curious to see if that changes because I actually did a sleep test recently and have to get a CPAP machine. Um, cause I have my sleep apnea, it turns out. Did, so did they like send you stuff and you did the study at home or you had to go somewhere? Yeah. I had to sleep with like this little concoction hooked up to me for three nights and then mail it all back. And it came back as mild sleep apnea. So it's not like bad, but to the point where they suggested I get a CPAP machine. Um, wow. so I have to get a CPAP, but uh, you know, like. I think it'll probably be annoying. Wesley has one now, too. He's the one that made me get the sleep test done. Um, I feel like, I don't know the stats, but I feel like something like 60 to 70% of Americans have sleep apnea. I think so, yeah. Like, if not more, because it's just something you don't really, you don't always know if you have it. Right. It's very common. And I'm all about, like, you know, if, if I can do something that will improve my life, I'm here for it. So... Who knows? I might feel rested whenever I wake up. That's never happened before. So we'll see. So you guys are both going to be like in bed with your like oxygen CPAP. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be real cute. (laughs) (laughs) I know. The only annoying piece about it is I'll have to take it with me whenever I travel, you know, but they have it like pretty compacted. So it's easy to travel with. Yeah. Okay. You'll get used. Yeah. It'll be. It won't be a thing. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but Wesley and I's wedding anniversary is on Valentine's Day. I feel like I did and I didn't. I feel like every time it comes up, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yesterday was Valentine's Day. Yes. Um, Because and a lot of people, whenever they figure out that our wedding anniversary is on Valentine's Day, they're like, that's cheesy. And I'm like, it's not because we didn't celebrate Valentine's Day. So we actually chose Valentine's Day. So, like, because we didn't celebrate it, now we have a reason to. And then it'll be really funny, like, because hopefully next year we can afford to actually take an anniversary trip because next year will be five years. Um, okay. And, like, it'll just be funny whenever we travel for our anniversary because it'll be, like, you know, Valentine's Day specials and stuff, you know? Yes. So it'll just make it, like, really just silly, you know, whenever we do stuff, so... And you guys didn't really do a honeymoon, right? We didn't, no, because yeah. we got married February 2020 and then COVID happened. Okay. Yeah, you should you should go to like a sandals resort and it'll just be super cheesy and you'll get like the like towel art and like the rose petals. I think that would be fun. I would love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My God, that would be a dream to just go like, you know, for a week, get massages and shit like, man. Yeah. Yes, that would be so fun. Yeah. So I'm hoping this is the year that everything turns around with the studio, you know, because financially everything else in my life is very sound, you know. So um got the TV show coming up soon. So I'm feeling really optimistic about, you know, things turning around so that I can afford to live my life again. Yeah, I was going to say finances. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I have financial goals uh, for this year, big time. And when we 
like if we want to go ahead and introduce our guest, the payments connoisseur. I just love that name, but I will admit that when before we were about to interview her, I was like worried that I was not going to know what she was talking about because I do not know anything about payments processing for a business. I've never had a business where I needed a like a payments processing solution. But I found our conversation to be so interesting and I learned a ton. And this, this interview goes down the books for me as like one that I'm like, wow, I wish I would have had this information when I was doing freelance full time, Mm. because I probably could have really saved myself some, a little bit of headache. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense because it is helpful regardless of what kind of independent work you're doing Mm -hmm. Um, and i did like that tarina was really good at making it easy to understand you know because i think a lot of payment processing companies intentionally make it complicated so that you don't any better you know right and i love that she's actually trying to educate people and like trying to save people money at the end of the day you know because i spend a lot of money on processing payments for the yoga studio you know obviously it's on my list of things to do to partner with Tarina. um i've been really actively budgeting and trying to get taxes out of the way and my next step will be to reach out to Tarina to get you know things done because whenever i started the yoga studio i don't remember if it was my bank no it wasn't my bank it was wellness living the platform that we use for our memberships and stuff they had like a preferred provider for payment processing and i was like okay i'll just use that and like didn't know didn't even know what to look at as far as like what percentage of credit cards i'm being charged or whatever so i'm excited to see if you know working with tarina can save me money even if it's like 50 bucks a month or something you know like yeah adds up. it was a long way you know and that's that's her mission is you know she's been an entrepreneur and a small business owner her whole life and has been helping people you know figure out the best way to do their payment processing which is kind of like a a mystery you know unless you really know what's going on yes it was an awesome conversation we um talked about a lot of stuff even nitty-gritty stuff like whether you should be using venmo or paypal you know to accept payments as a business so yes um and she has a pretty cool like background story so i feel like um she's very approachable if you're somebody listening that is you know, wanting to speak with her and know more. Like she seems super knowledgeable, but also very approachable. Yep. Yep. So y'all enjoy. Tarina Taylor headed your way. Hi, Tarina. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm good. We can hear you, but we can't see you. There you are. I have my little camera cover on. I had to toggle (laughs) my switch. Yeah. (laughs) Keep the hackers from peeping in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder how often that really happens, you know? I, you know, I'm into like conspiracy shows and like government stuff like that, right? So when I watch like the born identities or the like the blacklist, you know, yeah. you see like some of the stuff and you never think about that. And when you sit and think about it after you see it on shows, you be like, man, I wonder how much of that is true. You never know. <laughs> so that's why when I got my little toggle, I was like, yeah, let me put this on. I got my kids and everything. 
one time like i like looked up at an air vent and i i thought i saw like in my house i thought i saw a camera in it i was like mm -hmm. and did I, you check did you double check there was no camera we're good right <laughs> i don't think my life is interesting enough for someone to try to <laughs> what's that the point you gotta check you gotta right. <laughs> gotta be sure let's that's be clear right. <laughs> that's amazing well thanks for joining us um i'm derek you know, you we chatted a little bit on LinkedIn whenever you reached out to me. And then Holly is my co-host. So we're happy Hi. to have you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Are you partaking in any beverages for happy hour this evening, Tarina? I actually don't have a beverage right now. I'm actually um I'm kind of hungry, so I'm not gonna I'm gonna pass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes an empty stomach plus alcohol is not a good combination. It don't it don't go together. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. What do you have, Derek? You got some wine? You know it. I thought you were going to say I, that you didn't, and I was about to fall out of no. my chair. <laughs> it's like it looks really full, Tarina, but it's just ten ounces. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not judging. <laughs> you could have had a whole bottle. You took it to the head, and I would have been like, "Good night, this We'll see what happens." <laughs> Holly, did you make anything fun? Yeah, I made. Uh, it's a zero proof old fashioned. So it is like a whiskey replacement, but we, um, Derek and I went to visit another small business owner that, that we interviewed on the podcast last season. And he sells, he owns a bakery, but he sells these like cocktail kits. Mm. And so you're basically like marinating whatever alcohol you want. And it comes with like all the dried fruit and stuff. So I, this is my second batch. I drank the whole first one. It is okay. so good. Like, I'm like, I need more. It looks good. It looks good. Yeah. I feel like a real, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, legit. Um, I don't even know what that's called when you like, make your own because i mean i didn't make the liquor but i like made like a mix you're a mixologist yeah exactly <laughs> I'm <a> mixologist. <laughs> that's amazing i love that yeah oh you got the fruit with the lord the, the lord. i know i got i Pink had the in the maraschino cherry <laughs> yeah i when i made um all my christmas cookies i had to dig through my pantry to find all my like sprinkles and stuff. And I found like a whole box of those little picks. I was like, Oh, look at me. I'm really, I'm oh, really fancy. Yeah. So now it's just like, it's like I drove through the bar. I'm so silly. Holly used to be a bartender. If you can't tell. So. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear about your business ventures, Tarina. Um, you know, whenever I was LinkedIn stalking you, it looks like you have a couple things going on, but you know, we kind of connected on the the merchant side of things. Mm -hmm. And I love your name, the payments connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing to it. So I would love to hear, you know, about that specifically. And if there was anything else you wanted to talk about in the intro too, that'd be cool. But I would love to hear about what is the payments connoisseur and how did you get into that? The Payments Connoisseur is a merchant services consulting firm. So we provide uh, small businesses, so far small businesses, we're trying to get into government contracting this year. Um, mm -hmm. But we provide them with payment gateways, credit card processing equipment, anything they need to process payments online or in person, we pretty much, we offer it. That's awesome. So is it your company or you work with Payments Connoisseur? I, it, the Payments Connoisseur is actually my company, but I work That's with what I thought. Yeah, I, I work with the ISO, though. The ISO that I work with is called Deposit. 
Yeah, so I saw that there was deposit whenever I clicked yeah. on the link. So what does ISO mean for me who doesn't know what that means? <laughs> ISO is a is an independent sales organization. So most independent sales organizations usually have uh, agents that they have that they contract work out to. So I'm an agent with the ISO. So I offer their services. It's their services base, but I get to offer their services as a, a partnership. That is a really cool setup. Mm-hmm. How did you get into that? Yeah, it was in 2021. Um, okay. 2020, I started driving a school bus. Now, wow. mind you, mind you, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Right. Driving a school bus in 2020 was my actual first job that I've ever had. And I'm 38. I'm 38 years old. So okay. that was it was a big eye open experience for me. So yeah. from my background of being an entrepreneur my whole life, going into a nine to five job and seeing how the management was there. Now, mind you, school bus drivers are needed all over the country pretty much. Mm-hmm. is a deficit. Mm-hmm. But the management is so bad there. I see why they do not retain employees. So yeah. just seeing that back in, um, I was only able to stay for two years after um, 2022 school year. I stopped driving. But I had started my own business uh, while doing, doing Corona in the house. And I was just doing, you know, like web design, you know, that kind of stuff, small business back end stuff like that. As my other business, I do uh, natural hair as well in a salon. Mm-hmm. Um, as I started to grow and then I had to start taking, you know, like contactless payments and everything, I was using Square. So I noticed that the different fees. So if like somebody stored their card in my system and I charged their card, the fees would be higher as compared to if I swiped the card. And so I that kind of was like, why is that? So I had to, you know, investigate and learn. And then since I'm an entrepreneur, I go down rabbit holes. So I just went down a rabbit hole and started learning, learning, learning. And I found this company and uh, partnered with them. And that's how I started. That's amazing. Um, I'm excited selfishly to hear more about this space because, you know, like, I have my yoga studio, right? And that's, it's fully online. So Mm -hmm. like we have like a scheduling platform and like a membership platform called Wellness Living. And like, it's all a blur to me now because I started, you know, two years ago and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Exactly. Oh, I just got to get things going, you know? And I feel like whenever I set it up, there was like, do you want to use this, you know, payment vendor, you know, that was already integrated with their system. And I was like, sure, why not? I don't even give a fuck, you know? Right make it happen. And like, I feel like now, you know, I'm at a place where my business is more established and I have time to like, look into those kind of things. And like, you know, you had reached out to me and I was like, I do really need to look into that because I feel like I have to be paying too much. Cause sometimes like I see the charges that this vendor is charging me and I'm like, what the hell are, like, exactly. where are these charges coming from? You know, exactly. it's crazy. And it's like, it's one of those like, you know, how the hell are you going to get educated on it? You said you went into deep diving and like you wanted to look into it and research. And then, you know, I just haven't done that myself. So it's cool that you you went down that business venture. Um, I feel like you probably help a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Because it's just that you don't know what you don't know, especially starting off in business us starting off as entrepreneurs. If you haven't been an entrepreneur, you don't know what you're doing. And honestly, most of us don't know what we don't. We learn as we go. Yeah. So that's what we do. And we got to, you know, look into things once we start scaling and we start making a little bit more uh, revenue, mm-hmm. looking into our back end systems and making sure that we have the best, you know, best technology, the best tech, first of all. The, and, you know, make sure it's cost effective because once you start scaling, you know, costs get higher as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. 
Derek, will you just for like context, are you willing to say like how much do you like around about how much do you have to pay for like your is it like a fee per like membership or what? Like every time somebody pays you for their monthly membership. Yeah, I'd have to go and look at it, but I've I get like periodic charges, right? So like, like monthly, it's like based off the total yeah, that was charged. I okay. think they send me like a monthly charge based off the total that was charged. And so I'll get like periodic deposits whenever people's membership subscriptions come up, right? Mm-hmm. And so there will be deposits. And then at some point, there will be a big chunk that's taken out as like the charge itself. Right. But just knowing, like, I need to actually look and see what percentage of what I'm keeping, right? Because exactly. I, I know that our memberships aren't like that high, right? Like I, I can probably count, you know, or I know who all my members are because we don't have like, you were not huge, right? Right. And I'm yeah. like, I feel like I'm getting charged too much, you know, right. like it, yeah. it, it seems excessive for, for the amount that's coming in. Right. So it is something I need to look into, which was kind of, what so, right, do you know who you're using? Do you mind if I ask? Yeah. It's Paragon Solutions. Are you familiar with them? Never heard of them. No, I would have to look and see if they are based on our network because our network, um, we use TSIS as our back end network. Mm. And so they're pretty much the third largest credit card processing network. So they okay. pretty much integrate with a lot of different systems. Right. And so um, that's what I was just learning. I just learned something new myself. Um, I was replying to RFP for government contracting and mm. um, we had to know uh we had to have in the proposal how much, um, like if we can integrate with certain systems because yeah, um, yeah, yeah. they already have certain systems established and you have to be able to integrate with that software. Right. So I had to learn about in- software integration and, and we do actually have a um, way that we can integrate with all different softwares. So it's not a problem, not only with the API, but we have a VAR sheet that we can integrate with. Okay, yeah. that was gonna be my next question because Derek, you said, when you signed up with your, is it your website provider? Like, or like your app platform, like who, who is it connected with your, your payments processing? It's connected with wellness living, which is the platform. Like your class. Memberships and stuff. Okay. So Mm -hmm. then that is like the software that you're talking about that it would have to integrate with. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, because people like store their credit card information in wellness living, and then the payments are processed through Paragon Solutions. Right. Yeah, it's complicated, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really just a whole bunch of pieces that you have to connect together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it is. So I guess, Tarina, for you, I'm curious, when do you usually cross paths with people? Is it when they decide to accept various payments or is it in a situation like Derek where he's like, hey, I've been doing this for a few years, but now maybe I am not doing it the best way? I actually cross paths at both points. But the thing is, is it's really uh, beneficial once you're making a certain amount of money. Like once you if you're under a certain level, then it's not it, you really don't see the benefits. But once you're making over a certain amount, then that's when you start to see the benefits of switching over from that to an actual merchant account. I should have asked you this at the beginning, Tarina, but whenever you reached out to me on LinkedIn, I think you had already seen something about the podcast. Right. So I'm just curious, you know, how. um how you ran across me was it just through like a search for small businesses or yeah um, i was actually just looking for podcasts is actually catered oh. to small businesses because that is that's you know that's my jam i love small businesses that's what we are we are small businesses yeah. so 
I, I just want to educate, you know, because a lot of people just don't know. I didn't know. So, yeah. you know, once you learn something, you want to tell other people about it, you know. That's right. Yeah. That's our mission is, you know, to uplift small businesses because, you know, it's really hard. You know, you know this as an entrepreneur. It's it's hard and it's gotten even harder just with how much noise there is on social media and stuff to like get your brand out there, you know. And so that was part of our mission was to uplift people that are trying to do good for us. Yeah. You know, that we're in it for we're in it for the good, you know, and most small businesses are, you know. Yeah, definitely. And so we're just trying to do our part, right? And yeah. and then it helps to connect other people along the way, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That's what I do like about um, like last year, I really broke out of my comfort zone. I'm I'm an introvert, like serious introvert. Y'all ain't <laughs> and I, uh, last year I just decided to, you know, um, year before last I had joined my chamber of commerce. So oh, last yeah. year is when I really started getting into really heavy networking, especially since I was trying to get into government contracting a lot mm-hmm. of like, matchmaking events and networking events just to meet people. Now, I'm not going to say that I did my best while I was there. I, I uh-huh. showed up, though. I showed that, up. That's the hardest part. I, that is the hardest part. I showed up and I get to talk to, you know, a certain amount of people. But then after that, my my meter runs out and then I got to be like, I got to go home. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. that. I feel that. Talking to too many people in one day is exhausting. It's it can lot. be. Yeah. And it's like, especially at those kind of events. Yeah. You have to be fully on. Yes. Yeah. All the yeah. way. And then, yeah. you you know, you got to dress nice and be cute. And then it might be hot in there and you sweating up underneath all the layers because it's cold outside. You know, it's right. just a lot. It's a lot. It's yeah. a mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's something that I need to lean back into because I was doing good for a while with going. There was like two different chamber of commerces. We're, we live in Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there was a couple different, you know, that I was a member of and was going to like monthly events and stuff. But I definitely have been slacking on that, but it's important, you know. Is it just uh, is it just since Corona, or you just missed the slack and just period? Just in, just in general, oh, you know, okay. I have a day job too, you know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it can just get hard to juggle everything. Oh yeah, definitely. It it's, it's, right. it time is it seems like time moving faster, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. It's so it's <laughs> yeah, it's like where do you have time to do all the things? Mm-hmm. You got to really be tight with your schedule. And actually, right now, you see this big piece of artwork. I'm ready to take this down and put me one of them big A calendars. You know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm ready to get one of those and just start really planning because right. I, I need to stay consistent this year. This year, last year was um, rough for me being consistent. So yeah. I want to be really consistent this year and stay on a, a you know, a plan, a schedule and stick to it. Yeah. Holly has taught me a thing or two about planning a schedule because that was... Mm-hmm. That was something I started implementing like toward the end of last year because I just like, you know, I have a day job. I got my yoga studio and then there's obviously life, you know, exactly. married, yeah. Yeah. family, you're like, you know, there's just so much commitment. And as one person, it can be really hard, you know? Yeah. So as far as like, you know, tips for whenever small business owners are looking for like a payment, a merchant, you know, type of partnership, what are some tips that you could feel per, like provide? Cause I think, you know, we were talking about like integrations and stuff. Like, um, are there like, you know, certain red flags, like, you know, is there like a percentage charge that like is too high as a red flag, like little tips like that, that people could take away. Um, well, I, I think most people know about those red flags. Cause if people using PayPal, 
That's a red flag. <laughs> okay. PayPal is a red flag. PayPal's ridiculously high in fees. For, okay. I mean, really for no reason. And then you really have to run the risk of, with PayPal, <clears throat> Stripe as well. But you run the risk of, if you do have like an e-commerce, say you have an e-commerce store mm-hmm. and you have a large fluctuation in sales. So one day you make in, say, $5,000 and then the next day you make 30000 mm-hmm. you can run the risk of them flagging your account and shutting it down and putting a hold on your money because mm-hmm. they're like, what the heck is going on? You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. if they're not really a merchant account, they're not an actual merchant account. They do have run, you know, they're the actual merchant account holder. You're just the sub merchant underneath of them. So when stuff like that happens and you see and they have that risk involved, they do have the right to put a hold on your money or shut your account down. And so a lot of people have experienced that. So um, that's definitely a red flag. And a lot of people want to come from those situations. Some some people are not able to get merchant accounts. Some people have been like, I guess it's like blackballed. Sometimes that gets bad though, because it's something that the person actually, the business owner actually did. So, you know, yeah. in those cases, it can, it can get tough. But just processing fees and you just want to really have like a representative, like, to take care of any kind of issues. Like if you did have me as your merchant account manager, any questions that you have, I'm here for you. So mm-hmm. that you have an issue with some money being held or your funds didn't come up, you call me, say, what happened to my money? I can't actually talk to the actual bank and say, what happened to their money? You know, you have that that intermediary you know, in between. <laughs> so to me, that's it's a good benefit to have an actual customer service representative that you can have as your advocate for your business and your money, because I mean, your money is your livelihood. That's so interesting. Yeah, I would have never even thought about it that way because I have like, you know, account managers for other things, right? I do a lot of like vendor management in my day job. I'm in recruiting and have like a, you know, have an account manager at like LinkedIn, right? Right. Uh, and I just never thought of it that way on on this side of things, but that makes a lot of sense to have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like because I know most people like if they do have a situation like that, they're emailing back and forth to these mm-hmm. companies, and of course they're so big, they right. they don't have time to answer you. You just a number. You're not actual. You know, they're they billion dollar companies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we all know about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> One of the running themes on this podcast is uh, anti capitalism. So. <laughs> And Rock try, you know, the you know, the the man in the sky trying to take our money, you know. Mm-hmm. I know. They're gonna take so our money. They, yeah. Shh, shh, listen. I know they are listening, right? Listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's probably why I got cameras. Yeah. Like, you can't you can't know too much. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I guess like you know, hypothetically, or we could just say realistically, because I will probably be contacting you soon to help me switch. You know, how does that process look? Like I mentioned that with, you know, my with my platform, I have this one vendor. How does the process look switching vendors? Like, is it, is it, is it an easy process or it just kind of depends? It's pretty simple. If you have everything um, for your business, all you know, your EIN, your ID, you have a, a voided check from a bank account. The process usually takes 48 hours or less. And yeah. I've seen merchants get approved in two hours. 
Cool. You have all your stuff. You have everything ready. We just would like to know um, if you do have it available, <clears throat> your current processing fees, just so mm-hmm. we can analyze it and see where we can cut some of the costs. Like where are they charging you? We can point out where they're charging you too much, mm-hmm. where we would cut those costs. Um, and it's pretty much as simple as getting on a consultation call. Let's go over your merchant statement if you have one. And just telling you what, you know, based off of what you tell us about your business, what we would recommend as far as uh, a payment gateway or if you need equipment, what type of equipment. And then um, you sign, you go through your application, you go through the underwriting process, you get approved, you, you're good to go. That's cool. That's yep. and, and if you do get a payment gateway, we can integrate that payment gateway, like I said, within 48 hours. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm curious about the equipment. Like what, what does that mean? What type of equipment? Well, like you say, if you have a retail business and you actually need a whole POS system. Oh, okay. Okay. We have those as well. So it depends on your needs. Like, what do you need? We have different things to go with, with different, you know, different needs. Me personally, I don't have my device with me. Do I have the box? This is like my favorite little, um, I don't have it. My favorite little um, device is actually on one of my pages though. It's called Swipe Simple. It's a little like card reader. Okay. A little box. You can swipe, you can dip, you can tap. Um, it takes all the different payments, but that's really good for mobile businesses. So like for me, instance, I'm not a mobile business, but if I decide to go do someone's hair at their house, say I'm making house calls mm-hmm. and they need to pay me mobile and, I, and they have their card in hand and they can just swipe it right there. It hangs around your neck. I'm telling you, it's about this big. It's, it's perfect for businesses want to go. Then a lot of like food trucks, they like more of the hand handheld type of, you know, situation. So when people uh-huh. come up, they can scan their card or type in, you know, the information and sign. So it, it's, it just depends on the needs of the business owner. But we do have a lot of equipment. We have a partnership with Clover as well. So all of the Clover equipments that you see, we provide those as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've heard of Clover before. That seems to be a big one. Yeah, they are pretty big um, amongst like small business, retail small business. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then what are the different fees? Like, so it's more than just one fee. Like, it's not just a fee for using this payment processing. Are there fees for like other things as well? Well, the fees, like I said, depends on the situation. Some of the payment gateways you have a... um, an install fee, like a startup fee. So if you get in started, we is a startup fee, but that's just a one-time fee. Then um, with Swipe Simple, they have a monthly fee to use their their dashboard because Mm -hmm. with the little device that I have, I also have the ability to create invoices. I can send invoices. I can can make payment links. So if I have different like products that I want to send a certain link to, I can make uh, a limited payment links to send them to each different product. Product and that's ten dollars a month to use that backend uh, dashboard. Um, our fees are based on an interchange plus kind of model. So interchange fees are all what the credit card networks charge you, which is around um, like one point something. And then mm-hmm. my ISO charges another percentage on top of that. So it end up coming to about two point one, two point two per swipe. Okay, uh, which is really uh, the best that I've seen um, as far as per swipe charges, because most people are charging uh, high ups to 2.7. PayPal, I know is probably like 3.2 per swipe. So um, we try to just cut those fees down because we want to save small business owners money, like I said, because we are small businesses as well. So that's what we, you know, we want to give that benefit to all small businesses. So the the percentage, I never really thought about it that way, but (laughs) 
the like Visa and MasterCard, like they're taking a cut of that charge as well. Oh yeah, yeah. They gonna they gonna get their money. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know they they gonna get theirs. God, I they probably make so much freaking money. Imagine. It's no probably. Just think about per yeah. per no. swipe. You how per many people swipe. are swiping their credit card right now at this moment in the world? I right. know. Right. Talk about yeah. passive income. Jesus Christ. Exactly. Oh, that is yeah. Well. That's another reason really I got into this business model too, though, because it's a great source of passive income. Like yeah. if I sign you on as a client, I'm just making residuals off of your credit card payments. I don't really right. have to, you know, I don't have to do anything else. If I sign you up and you get your merchant account, yeah, you I'm just making money off of your, you know, residuals off of your money. So it's to me it's a good business model too, because I don't have to keep, you know, looking for clients or asking for services because I'm getting paid monthly residuals off of there, you know. Yeah, yeah, I love a monthly residual. Yeah. It's a, yeah great it's a great business model. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, you you know, you're always there if, if something goes awry and we need help, you know, it's nice to have that middle person. So that's really yeah. cool. And definitely the knowledge too, because like I said, yeah. like we both said, when you first started out, we were just hooking something up just to get paid. Yeah. But we didn't know. So now we have that knowledge. I can get to inform you about, you know, the best practices. And and sometimes in in, in any case, if you, it's a deal or something that's coming up, or say you're about to open up a store and we have a sale on certain equipment, it's a good opportunity, you know, just to have that back-end knowledge. I've noticed, like, so I took my dogs to the groomer today, right? And mm-hmm. he does his payments through Venmo, which, you know, I'm sure is similar to PayPal. And there's like the little button that you can click. Is this for goods or services, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't click that because I know that that would take some of the charge, right? Because like, I, I think that's, that's probably where the charge will come into play. Like, you know, and technically I probably should, but I just don't want him to get charged for it, right? right. Is right. that, is that where like kind of where the PayPal charge is kind of similar like that? Um, I think, is it, is it Venmo? You say Venmo. Venmo think, is what I was using, yeah. Um, I think PayPal owns Venmo, don't they? Or they own Cash App. PayPal own Cash App. Okay. okay. Yeah. So yeah, all of those kind of like some of the bigger ones have they kind of con- conglomerate. So they bought some of the mm-hmm. smaller companies and they make it seem like yeah. it's something different, but it's really not. It's the same thing. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> yeah. But yeah, to me, I, once your your dog grandma gets past a certain point of uh, revenue, I would um, really recommend you get away from Venmo. Yeah. yeah, and they I'm charge sure. if you do more than the standard. <clears throat> like once you want to put it into your bank account, if you just if you say okay, I'll let it take a couple days, even though it usually only takes one, they do the three to four percent. If you're like, I want it right now, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell them to go listen to this episode. <laughs> I do love my dog Gerber. He's he's like it. It's him, and that's it. You know, at at his little shop. He probably just uh, shop. I'm sure he didn't know. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a, he got like a storefront, or is it like a mobile? It's a storefront, so oh, okay. he has just like it's like a little house, basically. You know, okay. and, and he operates out of there, but it's just him. You know, okay. So yeah, no do better. Venmo is convenient, I'm sure, but he could be losing money on that. So. Yeah, and that's that's just the, the sad part. It's like so many people just don't know, and I just want to like yell from the rooftops. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't do that because I know a lot of businesses, especially in my field in the beauty industry. Yeah, a lot of stylists accept Cash App as a form of payment. Right, right. Yeah, I'm no. like, oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like my stylist definitely uses um square. Yeah, a lot of stylists use square. Yeah. Yeah, because they have the they have the free appointment feature. Oh, okay. Yeah. Once you, yeah, once you, when you, once you scale, you can get, you know, a higher package. The one thing that I did um, was upset about Square, what they did, because I, I do use them for the free appointment feature. I do use them. I just don't process payments through them. They had a time when they was able to integrate your calendar, like your Google calendar with your Square calendar. So your appointments wouldn't, you know, like bump. Uh-huh. But then they took that feature away and made it a paid feature. So you had to pay $10 a month in order to get that feature. And I just was like, that's just so messed up. Now I gotta like if I'm looking at my schedule, I have to look at that calendar and then I have to look at my regular calendar because they're not syncing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I feel that. Yeah, it gets complicated whenever you have too many calendars. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is the you said there's kind of like an income threshold when it comes to like needing this service so can you give us like a range or like is it like if you if your business brings in like twenty thousand dollars then it's time to like really look at something okay. it's not even that high it's, it's so as long as you're making over five thousand dollars a month it's a benefit to you so, yeah. and then you know the further up is is more of a benefit because the more you make the the more you can save on um, those fees yeah if you're paying like three four percent or higher and I, I don't know if y'all y'all, y'all noticed either. I had posted it on my social media a while ago last year, the beginning of last year. Um, do you know the pl- platform Gumroad? Mm-hmm. You never heard of it? They actually started charging people ten uh, percent of the payment if you use wow. their platform. What? Yeah, I just was like, that's robbery. That is the fact that people just didn't quickly move away from their platform. I just was really shocked that that's like, um, I don't think it's because of the payment processing, but for, for many years I was doing freelance work through Upwork and like they charge a certain percentage of whatever you charge. And I just started charging so much per hour because I was like, what it shakes out to be is not enough. Right. Because you're using their platform. Because, yeah, you're taking so much, which obviously has its ups and downs when you charge more an hour. But, yeah, I think all the work platforms are like that. But it gets to a point where it's like, oh, my God, this is not even worth it. Yeah. I see the the appeal to those platforms is the traffic source because you get a lot of traffic because there's so much traffic there. But then it's like you almost better off just having your own website. You don't have the traffic, but you don't have to pay the, you know, the fees, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like uh, you got to struggle with which one should I do? Yeah. And I mean, there was a benefit as to like, because they make all of your communication has to go through the platform. So if something goes wrong, they can look at all the messages or whatever, which, which I worked through that platform for years. And it, that did come in handy and like they do hold the money like for a certain amount of time and they make sure the money's there before you start working. Like there are some securities in place that are nice that, you know, you don't have it when you're just like working on your own. But yeah, that I feel like it was like 15% of the hourly rate. So if you were charging, you know, $50 an hour, they would take 15. If you were a top rated worker, then they would lower that percentage. They would bring it down to like 10, but you had to every month maintain those like positive reviews to keep that. So it definitely had its pros, uh, but after a while, it was like, man, 
that's a lot. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Capitalism. <laughs> I know, they, I know, they were sitting there like, yeah, I keep working, keep charging $65 an hour. Right. That's wild. I know. That's so interesting. Well, this was very enlightening. Is there anything that we didn't ask you, Tarina, that you were curious to talk about? Financial education is one of the big things that I like to talk about because I heard a story recently that um, it was a woman who had an opportunity, but she couldn't take part of the opportunity. It was like a, a, a grant or something she had won, but she was unable to get the opportunity because she didn't have a separate bank account from her business than her personal. Mm. You assume that people know these things, mm-hmm. but they don't. And especially from my community, minority and women, and we're starting businesses at rapid rates and we is a lot of things we just don't know. So I would really want to get that education out there about um, not only personal, you know, personal budgeting, but when, once you get a business, some of the things that you really should focus on with your revenue and your savings and your money just to keep it, you know, the way it should be when you run into business. In her case. I guess we're saying that you should have like a business bank account and a personal bank account. And that's the yeah, issue. Because she had in like one year, she had did over a million dollars in sales, but she mm-hmm. didn't even have a way to separate the funds from, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? So when uh-huh. she like, that opportunity came and they wanted to know if she had her stuff and, you know, her ducks in a row mm-hmm. and they went to look at her business bank account, it was no business bank account. It was all based off of personal things. So. It was just a lost, a missed opportunity of something that she could have, you know, fixed and still was able to take part, you know, in that opportunity. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I feel like I know for me, like even growing up, like my, you know, I don't recall, like I had one class in high school where they taught us a few basic things about just your personal finances, but like, I feel like I went to college with knowing so little about money and really mm-hmm. dug myself into a hole of debt. And yeah. like my parents really never talked about, I, I feel like my parents even didn't talk about money with each other. Like it was mm-hmm. very strange. It's taboo. So, yeah. So I feel like only in the past probably four or five years have I bought like financial books and started teaching myself and learning. And, um, when I was freelancing, I was paying myself out of a different account and like, you know, but it is something that I feel like I've opened up more. Like I'm really transparent with other entrepreneurs I know, or even just Derek saying like, Hey, this is how much I charge. This is how much I, I would put on Instagram. This was how much I brought in this month with my clients, just so people, because I feel like there's this misconception that like everybody's making all this money or, or maybe it's the opposite, but it's like, no, this is the real numbers. And I, I I just feel like unless we talk about it, it's always just going to feel like a, like this cloud of mystery or something. Yeah. Because there's a lot of shame money, because if you don't have enough of it, you're ashamed that you don't. And if you have a lot of it, a lot of people are ashamed that they don't have a lot and they need to do more or give more. You know, there's always some type of guilt or something wrapped and tied into money. 
<clears throat> and a lot of people just don't talk about it, especially if you grew up poor, such as myself. We didn't talk, we, your parents didn't teach you about money because they didn't have anything to teach you about. Yeah. We was just struggling to get by. We were struggling to pay rent, struggling to eat. So mm-hmm. ain't nobody had time to talk about saving or budgeting or investing or anything like that because you was just scraping up, you know? Sure. Yeah. So, right. so we need to teach very young like you said you didn't learn in high school well in school period i know i didn't learn anything oh. yeah, and and they not and to me and that's part of the capital capitalism they want to keep us stupid they want to keep us uneducated they yeah. want to keep us in that loop of being in debt and getting these credit cards and maxing our cars and then getting bankrupt and you know doing the cycle because i know people that didn't file bankruptcy two two three times and i'm under i'm trying to understand how you didn't learn from the first time mm-hmm. I don't understand. <clears throat> Everything is a learning experience and you should be constantly learning every day. So I don't see uh, if you file bankruptcy one time, that that's the first time. I don't that's the first <laughs> or last time. I don't need to I don't need to figure it out again. <laughs> I yeah. don't understand that. So yeah, it, it's just a part of the education that we need to teach younger. Uh, middle school, high school, they need to be learning about certain basic financial concepts. When yeah. uh, I was a CASA <laughs> volunteer for four years. And that was one thing they told us that, um, if you have, you know, kids that are old enough, you know, a lot of people work with CASA, like young kids or babies, but the, I had three brothers and they were in elementary and middle school. And that was one thing my CASA advisor told me, she was like, teach, you know, show them a checkbook, um, have that be one of your activities. So one of our hanging out times was, okay, you know, I need to make spaghetti for dinner. This is how much money I have. Let's go to the store make a list. And it's like, that's not something we're taught at all. Like mm-hmm. budget, how much things cost. And it's funny that you say the whole bankruptcy thing, because there's this radio show that I listen to every day and during the holidays. They do these giant giveaways for families in need, which is great to listen to. But I noticed this year that they give away a lot of, gift cards to the grocery store or lump sum. Hey, here's enough money to cover your rent. And it gives me so much anxiety to listen to it because I'm like, okay, how about giving them this money plus a financial guru? Because I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like you said, like part of when you don't have money, part of it is not just about the money. Part of it is like, you don't understand how to manage money. So it's like, oh my gosh, like now they get all this money and I'm like so stressed for them. Like, well, where are they going to be in February? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I mean, I've never actually watched the show, but I I know y'all probably heard of the show, The Lottery uh, Ruined My Life or Changed My Life or something like that. Yes. I mean, have you heard stories about people that get millions of dollars and they squander it and in two, three years, they're poor or living on the streets. And I just... It's like so much things that you can do with money that can, you know, you can reinvest back into yourself where you're just not spending, but you're actually, you know, getting some dividends, earning something from your money. But people don't know. So it's just like, you know, especially when you give a poor person money, they don't have no education, like you just said, Mm -hmm. and you're just giving them a large lump sum of money. They're going to squander it because they don't know what to do with it. They're thinking about houses and cars and clothes, designer clothes, because that's what most people think that is a sign of wealth. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So. It's a major misconception and that's a major problem. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell you. I used to work so like and I worked full time through college, right? Because I had bills to pay and worked full time, went to school full time. It was five years of hell, but I made it through. Oh, you and- need to talk to my daughter then. <laughs> 
she's 20 years old right now going to college and working at the same time so yeah gotta get that schedule that's where she needs a big calendar like you yeah, yeah, that's how I learned my time management. That's time the time management. management. No, I didn't mean to cut you off, Derek. I want to hear the rest yeah. of the story, but I got another story for you after you finish. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was managing like a sunglass store in the mall. It was like one of those like high-end sunglass stores, right? Mm-hmm. And I was the assistant manager and we sold like Gucci's and, you know, different kind of sunglasses like that. And I can't tell you, like every tax season, so many people would come in you know, oh, they got yeah. their tax refund and just blow it on $300 sunglasses. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, oh, it just made me feel like so like icky because yeah. like, I was the one it, like it wasn't my choice. Obviously, I'm just saying right. what I want, but it did. It just made me feel icky because I was like, God, like you should keep that. You should, you know, pay some bills, you know, or whatever. Invest it, yeah. Put it in a savings account. Anything right. when I when I see people like you know Beyonce concert was just a thing that just passed you know and people was mm-hmm. buying Beyonce tickets for twenty five hundred dollars right I just was like I just I don't understand I don't mm-hmm. understand I don't either I, it, it I'm trying to think of an artist that I like that much that I would pay to go see and mm-hmm. I can't think of anyone <laughs> yeah. it's so funny that you say that because <clears throat> a friend and I literally went out for drinks last weekend and I asked her I said. Are, is everybody just putting themselves in a fuck ton of debt? Because yes. Yes. exactly the, the Beyonce, I said Beyonce and Taylor Swift, people not only went to one show, you hear about these people who went to all the shows or multiple shows. And I'm like, oh my God, thinking about that makes my stomach hurt. It makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> it makes my stomach hurt. You are so right, Holly. <laughs> like, because some people are doing that and don't and can't pay their rent. Right. Some people, some people doing that and not feeding their children. (laughs) Like the priorities are so messed up. It's it's ridiculous. Every time Mastercard's over there, like (laughs) (laughs) Mastercard, Ticket Master. They they rubbing their hands together like this. Yeah, they sure are. Oh my God! What about? Okay, I'm gonna tell you that story about my daughter though. Yes, I want to hear. So I'm teaching all the things that I'm learning as I get old. I'm old now, but I wish that I would have knew when I was my daughter's age. You're our age. You're fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm teaching. I'm teaching her while she's young. So she just turned 20 years old. So I was telling her the benefits of really opening up an hour right now while she's young. Oh, good. So she goes to Navy Federal. We have a we bank at Navy Federal. We have an account there. We have an account at CQ as well. That was our main bank, but we bank there as well. So I told her to go and open up an account. I couldn't go with her. She wanted really wanted me to go, but she went by herself. She goes in, and it's an older Asian lady. Now I'm, I'm not being racist because my husband is half Asian. My husband is half Korean, so we know about how some of those cultures can be with certain yeah. things, how they feel certain ways. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So she comes. She comes in. She sees my daughter. My daughter says what she wants to do. She wants to open up an IRA. She looks at her and gives her this look and says, what you want to open up an IRA for? And my daughter was like, because I want to save money. I want, you know, <laughs> is she, you know, she took, my daughter was taken aback because she wasn't expecting that type of reaction. Yeah. yeah. And so the lady said, well, what kind of IRA do you want? And she said, a Roth IRA. And uh, so she called me to text to verify because this lady was making her question herself, mm-hmm. make her yeah. doubt herself. So she texted me and said, "My, is, isn't it a, a Roth IRA that I want to open? I said, yes. And so the lady said, no, you don't want to do that. You're too young. What? 
It, yeah, and I just wow. I couldn't believe it because I'm like, what do you, how, first of all, how is she going to deny you anything? She works there. She's supposed to do yeah. what she asked her to do. Right. I, I didn't come but in here to give. ask you for financial advice. I asked you to open the IRA. Exactly. That is why. Yeah, so that really blew my mind. And I was wondering, should I do like a public video about that? Because, you know, Navy yeah. Summer was going to do some things now for denying um, uh, mortgage loans to African-Americans. Oh, I think. Really? Well, that's what I was going to say when you had the story about the grant, because you just never know what kind of barriers. I mean, I know a business account is easy to open, but I'm also a white person and like anything like any form of intimidation like if, if i went into a bank and asked to open an account and they questioned me i would probably run out and never go back <laughs> <laughs> right so it's yeah. just that's really frustrating yeah and it and it was and it just kind of so she re, she scheduled an appointment to go back because she had to have an appointment to go because that navy federal debt that's down the street from my house it's always like it's a whole bunch of people in there my daughter never experienced racism directly. You know what I'm saying? So it, like I said, it kind of took her aback. So she had, had never really got that. So she just questioned it and was like, was that racism? And I was like, I don't know what it was, but I know if we go back and that lady is there, I got I got a couple words for her. Mm. Obviously, it's a hypothetical, but I would imagine if like a 20 year old white frat boy walked in asking the same thing. Probably wouldn't question it much. Probably yeah. wouldn't have been a They're question. They're like, yeah. oh, just, you know, investing yeah. daddy's money. It's probably yeah. what they would assume. Yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But that just, that just, uh, that was a crazy story to me. That's Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I do feel like it's common for people to just think like, oh, I don't need to worry about retirement yet. And I, I right. worked retail almost the past entire year uh, while I was looking for another job and the retail I worked at Ulta and they actually offered part-time employees a retirement match. And I was so excited when I got that letter and signed up for the highest amount they would let us. And I worked with, you know, I'm 38. I worked with most college kids and they were like asking me, like, should, should we do the retirement match? I'm like, yes, it's free money. Ulta is giving you free money. So put as much, you know, I think they were matching five, five or 6%. It was a good amount. And so it's like, put that. And I mean, in the time that I worked there, I got like $1,500 and it's like, that's free money. Mm -hmm. It's never, never the fact that the younger kids had to even ask, like, I know. Right. They need to be educated. They yeah, be- it's like they didn't even understand like how that worked or whatever. Right. It's like, right. you know, cut cut out one of these DoorDash lunches that you're getting and get that free money for your retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in my in my day job, like I'm a recruiter, right? And I work for an engineering consulting firm, so we have a four percent company match with our four hundred one k. And I talk to a lot of kids that are graduating either with their associates or their bachelor's degree and i tell them about our company match and what's cool about ours is that we don't have a vestment period we have a immediate vesting which a lot of companies have like you know you have to work there for like three or five years or however long so i always like highlight that i'm like and i know with like you know kids at that age i usually don't get that education so i'm like pay attention <laughs> like yeah. i'm not trying to like you know be your dad or anything but i'm i'm telling you like you know if you come on board you put in five percent we're gonna match four percent please do it you know right. like you gotta do it you know right. 
Because, yeah, it's just, you know, lost money. And now, obviously, there's issues with 401k. Like, it was smart for your daughter to do the Roth IRA because that's a safer bet, right? Right, right. Because 401ks are volatile. But, you know, if the company's going to put money into it, do it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I just think that they just, you know, like I said, we just, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, you don't, you don't, we don't teach it. I mean, you know, I if you've never been taught, you don't know. Like I said, if your parents struggled their whole life, they probably don't know either. So they can't impart the knowledge to you because they don't know either. Right. Um, I went to like a private high school, you know, like a, a Christian high school and, mm-hmm. and didn't teach a shit, you know? Really? <laughs> Yeah, no, nothing. I All thought you was going to say they taught you taught you everything. I thought you no. knew that. So nope. you, you had a tuition? Yeah. And they didn't teach you anything? No, no. That blows my mind. All they taught us was to prepare for the ACT. That was their main focus. Uh, well, I went I went to the worst schools in the country. I went to Baltimore City Public Schools. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> they, did, yeah. they didn't teach me anything either. <laughs> yeah. They were they on trial and error. But to me, that's like I said, that's what they want us to do. They want us to fail. They want us right. to graduate high school, get credit cards, be in debt, get bankrupt. Yep. Repeat the cycle. That's what they yeah. want us to do. Stay in yeah. the cycle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. we agree. This, yeah, this conversation has opened my eyes a lot. But <laughs> I, I actually, I have one question. I should have asked it earlier, but I'm curious about like, if you could give us like some examples of like the industries of businesses that you're currently working with. And then I know you said you're trying to kind of move more into government. And so how is that, how is that going to be a different client for you? Is it like higher, I would imagine higher security or like, what is, how is it different for you? Um, The clients now that I have are mostly retail or e-com. Okay. But the government, uh, it's just, once I started learning about government contracting and, and that I could get certain certifications to give myself like a leg up, um, okay. I just, it just seemed like a, a better route to go because they always, people that's in government contract world, they always say the government is your best, is your best client because they have the money to spend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then most of their credit card transaction bills. I mean, I think the RFP that I'm about to reply to, I think they did, they said for 2022, they did, if I'm not mistaken, 29 million in credit card processing just in 2022 wow. alone. <clears throat> wow. So making the residuals off of that, even if I don't charge <laughs> anything else, you know what I'm saying? Even if I don't charge anything else for my services. Right. I, I would be happy with that. And just say, mm-hmm. let just say I could get maybe three clients and get a, me a couple three or three to five year contracts. I'm pretty much, I can start investing in the other things that I want to invest in without having to spend a lot of time working in my business. You know what I'm saying? Sure, so yeah. To me, it just seemed like a better route to go. Um, I'm not saying I'm staying, you know, staying away from small business. Definitely not because they are my largest, you know, talk, my target audience and they're the ones I want to educate. But as far as having a client, I mean, the government is a better client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get, and I feel like they, I feel like government uh, will be long, like they'll renew, they'll just keep renewing their, their, yeah, renewing a contract, and especially yeah. like I said, um, I try to get as much uh, of a leg up as I can, and some of those advantages with having some of the certifications could because I am a woman owned business and a minority, mm-hmm. so those certifications kind of give you a leg up. <clears throat> yeah, 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 as well they should. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Well, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. And I will definitely be reaching out to figure my shit out. This is so so 
it's like it's like I knew you my whole life. <laughs> I know. I'm honestly thinking of so many people that have already been on the podcast that could probably benefit from. Oh yeah, definitely. Anybody? Yeah. I feel like I mean, it's basically everyone we've talked to. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's and and that's why I said like just having the education this hopefully people get to hear it and they learn something that they didn't know even if they don't want to you know get a merchant account with me that's fine just know that you can find a better solution and once you start making a certain money you should look into your back-end savings and your financials yeah yeah exactly i feel inspired to to figure it out and i know other people will too and that's the the whole point you know point Um, so do you post um little tips and financial so on your social media? You remember I told you I was an introvert, right? <laughs> and, I, and I also told you that I'm trying to stay consistent, right? Like, yeah. It's so yeah. many things to struggle with. I hate, I hate social media. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. Join sometimes, the club. Join the club. Sometimes you get on there and he's scrolling and then you're laughing and then the next thing you're not laughing no more and your face is like this. And I don't want to be on it no more. I don't want to be on it. <laughs> It's so annoying. It's so annoying. It is. It is. It's so annoying. So it's like once I'll have consistent about a three month period, I'll go through a whole quarter and I'm consistent and I'm posting every day. And and then after that, I'm just, I don't want to do this no more. And I'll take a break. I'll take a break. So I'm on a break right now, but I'm ready to start getting my content calendar back up. Once I get my big, my big calendar on the wall, I'm going to start formulating some stuff. Okay. Well, if people want to follow you, where can they find you? I am on Instagram and I am on Facebook and I am on LinkedIn. What's your Instagram? Instagram, yes, her dot Tarina Taylor. Okay. Okay. I'm going to look it up right now. Yes, her. I saw yes, her was one of your other businesses. Uh, I thought that was. Oh, that's, that's the name of my LLC is Sir Yes, her. Yeah, I thought that was so cute. Yeah, and people ask me where I got that from. They think I'm like a veteran or a military spouse or something, and I'm not. (laughs) I got it because, uh, you know, as when I was raising my kids, my husband was more on the softer side, and I'm I'm the the hard one, the militant one. Yeah. So my kids, they they'll call me sir sometimes, and people used to look like, why are your kids calling you sir? (laughs) So I just made sir yes her. (laughs) that is cute and it's like you know female power so Mm -hmm. yeah i love it that's amazing well i already followed you and thank you 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 have um you have a page for the podcast yeah Yeah. we have it up i'll follow you from the podcast it's okay just small business happy hour it's long but that's us yeah we were the we were the first so there is like it's annoying because there is another small business happy hour, but we got the, you know, the podcast name or the, the Instagram name and all that good stuff. You got the uh, domain name too? We don't have a website. Oh, uh, you don't? Okay. I don't know if we'll ever have a website, you know? Um, when I was going to start my business, like like probably a year before I started my business, I got the domain name because <laughs> I was like shocked that Yoga for All Humans was still available, you know? Yeah. And I grabbed all the socials and everything. I don't even do Twitter, but I have a Twitter for it if I ever want to. Yeah. You know, X, whatever the fuck you want to call it now. <laughs> I actually saw him. Um, I told Holly, my husband and I went to Bastrop, which is a town about like 30 miles or 30 minutes like east of where I live. So like probably about an hour outside of Austin. Yeah. Uh, 
and we saw like a Tesla Cybertruck driving down the the street of this little town, and like as the truck passed by, it was Elon Musk. I was like, what? What? <laughs> I'm like, think of like the smallest town you know, and think yeah. about Elon Musk driving through it in a cyber truck. I'm like, that must have been a. So you didn't yeah. pull out your phone. <laughs> well, it, it happened so fast, and like he just drove by. He wasn't at a stop sign or anything. I was like, well, shit. <laughs> Very <laughs> yeah, tracking. So he was just hiding in plain sight. Right. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Because yeah. nobody would think Elon Musk is driving through the town in the truck right there. Nobody would think that. Right. Yeah. right. Eric texts me, I just saw Elon Musk drive through Bastrop and I wrote back like, oh my God. And then he says, he looked like a douche. <laughs> <laughs> he does, doesn't he? He does. I'm he like, did. I know he did. <laughs> he 100% did. He sure yeah. did. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's like a big Tesla factory here in Austin now. So. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's, yeah. That's why I was here. Yeah. So y'all gonna, have, y'all, gonna have spa- y'all gonna have spaceships leaving from there now, ain't y'all? Probably. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's crazy because the apartment complex I live in, I mean, it's like an average, but it's old. Like it's whatever. But they, a couple years ago, they put in like several of those stations to like charge your car. And mm. there are, I mean, I would, I don't know. This is probably like an average size apartment complex, but it's definitely not big. And there's at least a dozen people that have Teslas. And that's another thing that I'm like, are you guys just putting yourself in major ass debt? Because those are not cheap. Mm. And I'm just shocked at all the people in this complex that drive a Tesla. Like we can't even afford to live downtown and y'all are driving these. So, so, so did Tesla, um, like donate those to your apartment complex or did your apartment complex buy the tech to charge people's cars? I'm sure they bought that and put it in and I'm sure they use it as an amenity. Like if people come look at the apartment, they're probably like, oh, don't worry. We have the charging stations. But you said, but you said that your apartment is kind of old though, right? Yeah. So they'd rather get the charging stations than to renovate your apartments? Yeah, they, and I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, because the area where the charging stations are at, it was like under construction, because I, I was like, what are they even doing? Because they had to rip up all the parking lot, and then install these things. And yeah, they did do some renovations to the complex, like after they put in those charging stations. But I mean, it was not, they put in like, tile and like mine is not renovated because I still live here. But okay. as people would move out, they would update. Oh, okay. It. Okay. Like they okay. are probably they're probably charging so much more just to be like, oh, we have a charging station right. and subway tile in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, right. To me, if an apartment going to do some renovations, I mean, give me give me some new appliances, some cabinets, you know. Right. I know. Hook it. Hook yeah. it up. Make it modern. And they, I know. And they doing charging stations. I know. Yeah. And what if you're like, okay, cool, I don't have a Tesla. Right. I don't want that. No, I'm like, I have no, ben- I don't, I do not benefit from that. Mm. That's but so funny. That's Austin for you. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tarina, it was so much fun. Thank you for spending time with us. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. It was, it was, it was a pleasure. <laughs> um, I figured it would be, but you know, we we have so much fun with these, and we usually do. Like you said, you know, feel like you've known us forever. It was the same way, you know. That's yeah, how yeah. it always goes with these, because 
you know, I feel like we're all like on the same team, you know, we are able to connect easily with that. So yeah, um, we're just all here to support each other, you know, at the end of the day. So yeah. 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 If you're an entrepreneur, you know, the struggle and we can connect. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, have a lovely evening and, and we'll stay in touch for sure. Definitely. Let me know when you're ready to set up that payment gateway. You bet. <laughs> all right. Thank y'all for having me. You got it. Bye. Have a good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Holly, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OrangeJulia7, also on TheBitterLemon.com and on Etsy, Bitter Lemon Digital. And Derek, where can people find you? So I am on Instagram with my personal account at Yoga with Derek, and that's D-E-R-E-K, spelled the correct way. And on Instagram for Yoga for All Humans, it is at Yoga for All Humans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, Don't judge my TikTok game. I'm still learning. On LinkedIn, you can sync up with me, Derek Hagler, on there. And Yoga for All Humans has its own LinkedIn account as well. And of course, yogaforallhumans.com is the studio's website. Small Business Happy Hour has its own Instagram account at Small Business Happy Hour, or you can email us at smallbusinesshappyhour at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.